Why, hello there. My name is Dalton, and welcome to Highlight the Creative, a podcast show where we interview other creatives. We talk about creativity and community. So sit back and enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode five and season finale of Highlight the Creative. This one is a very special one. Super, super, super duper excited about this. I was telling the guests beforehand, I was like, I feel like this would just be like for me only, like, cause I'm, I'm just interested in it. We have a very special guest all the way from California, now moved back here to Oklahoma, Mr. Dakota Kennedy. Dakota, how's it going, man? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on. Dude, it's, thanks for coming on. Like I, I know I was, uh, so kind of a backstory. Um, I know Dakota through his sister, Lee Kelly. We went through college together. And I was trying to find one more guest and I've always wanted you to come on, but I didn't know like your situation. I know you were on your way back from California possibly, or at least visiting Oklahoma. And I messaged Lee Kelly. I was like, Hey, when is Dakota going to be here? Cause I want to release the season two and mid July, late July, will he be here by then? And she's like, well, actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. And I, and I know we tried to, I tried to get on here a little bit sooner when I was like here for the holidays. Right. And then, then I did this thing to where I dropped in for two or three days for my brother was graduating and tried to, then didn't work out. But now I was like, Hey, wait, you know, we're going to be back in the summer. So glad we were finally made, able to make it happen. Cause, uh, you know, I had done some work with you before. And when I saw that you had a podcast, I was like, man, this is, I got to get on that. So thanks for having me on. Dude, thanks for coming on. I, I'm very thankful for it. I really am. I'm excited. So for you guys that don't know, Dakota, I'll let you introduce. You tell the audience what you do creatively. Okay. Which so, you, you're kind of a, a man of many talents, but what's your main talent? Unfortunately, yes, because when you have a lot of interests in your I would describe myself more as like I'm a creative person defines me more than like I am an actor or I am like a musician or I am like a 3D artist. So like I have a lot of things I'm into, like I do 3D modeling as a hobby, I play some music, but my main like thing that I've been doing for close to like a decade professionally is uh, is acting. stage or film but i've been living out in la for the past uh close to eight years and uh we just recently moved back to the midwest um, in this area so i'm excited to try to get into a little bit more of the markets out you know in this area yeah yeah and and i'm so excited because what we did when we first met it was literally like it was to work together yeah it was yeah. like, hey, I need some headshots. And I was like, awesome. Like, that's cool. And then I think as soon as like we met and you kind of just started talking about like movies and acting in general, like I could just tell you were very passionate about it. Yeah. So, you know, kind of give me some background, like what kind of got you into acting? Because I think Lee Kelly kind of gave me like a background, but I want to hear your story. <clears throat> right. So I was playing baseball at a small college in the area and I, it was right during the financial, like 2008 economy crash. Yeah, the stock market, the stock market was real estate. Yeah, it it was real stable. And that's, you know, I was getting a business degree. That's what I wanted to go into was the finance sector. So I'm mid-college, like I graduated in 2010 from college. So there just weren't a lot of jobs in that. And I just kind of like seen through business school that kind of like cold 
business of that business. And I was like, I just don't want to do that. Right. And it was funny because I'm like graduating, like six months from graduating with my four year. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I have no idea really what I want to do. <clears throat> so it's funny because I have a friend that's huge, super into Quentin Tarantino. Like oh, nice. he's, he, he loves him. And he, my cousin and I are all friends with this, this person as well. And we're all living together and it's Christmas break. And he comes over and he's like, hey, I have this idea for this scene that I want to shoot. And I was like, we were like, okay. And, and it started out as just like one, like we were talking about in that clip you showed me before, is how it was just one shot. Oh yeah, the One the long angle. shot. Yeah. And it was like eight minutes. And so over literally all of Christmas break for my senior year in college, we had that eight minute scene from one angle turned into multi-angles, turned into buying more cameras, turned into buying lights. And I'm mostly behind the camera. So as we're doing this, it starts to spark some more interest because I had done plays when I was a kid in like first grade, third grade, and, and you know, some in fourth and fifth and a little in high school. So I had already been on, used to being on stage and <clears throat> it kind of just started to hit me. Like, you know, maybe, maybe this is what I want to go do. And then the next problem was like, okay, so uh, that's great. Where do you do that here? Where do I even, <laughs> right. cause you know, some schools you have to go <clears throat> a long way to even learn. So, you know, then I moved up to Stillwater cause some of my friends were already moving to Stillwater. So we kind of, the wheels were already moving to that, that area. Cause I, I was gonna go get my master's uh, in aviation administration. So I enrolled and got in but they were like, but the problem is, is that you don't have any aviation minors, so you need to take some minors first. So my mom was like, you know, I'm up in the air. Like, I remember the conversation, like she drove me up there to visit the campus and very vividly we're driving and she was like, well, you know, you have to take those classes anyways. Like, why don't you just take two acting classes? They have those there, right? And I was like, yeah, they, they do. She was like, why don't you just take those? see if you like it if not you can always go that or you never know what happened so the rest is history then you know i was there for a year then i moved back around this area for a year to save up and then i went out to la and then studied out in la and did plays out there did short films did feature films did some tv work uh yeah that's just that's so cool because yeah. Like you said, like I think you kind of hit it on the nail. Like, where do I go to school? Yeah, I mean, there there was no plan. There was no master plan from like any. I mean, even now, there's no master plan. It's all kind of like figuring it out as you go along. Like where this path is going to lead. What's your next step? So it, you know, it's it's been it's crazy looking back, but I'm I'm really happy with what I've done so far. And I'm <clears throat> excited to see, you know, where we go from here. Because, yeah. Cause you, know. you have, we kind of talked beforehand, like you have like a lot of cool things coming up from just briefly what you told me like before we started. And that gets me like super excited and not just excited for you, but 
for the people in Oklahoma going back to like, hey, where do you go to acting school? Like no one really experiences that anywhere around here, it seems like to me. Now, if you know like a, a group or a community around here um, that's, you know, active, like definitely tell us about it because, you know, this show is all about creating and building a community. But it's exciting to see like the stuff that you're going to do like locally. And yeah. I think it gives hope for people that are like, well, I have to go to California or I have to go to New York to Juilliard to be a professional musician or um, no, you can actually do all that stuff like from your home potentially. Or yeah, from your home. especially now with technology. Right. Um, it, it's changed the game so much um, in the seven years I've been out there, eight years I've been out there <clears throat> so much that like when I first moved out there, you one it's it takes you about like a year and a half out there just to figure was out it, was it a big culture shock to you or were you kind of like thinking like okay well i know this is gonna be way different from oklahoma <laughs> the first week that i was there i i actually moved and i had an internship with the theater company out there oh nice so from go i we had moved in this apartment my she, now she's my wife she was my, my girlfriend at the time we get this apartment in North Hollywood. We'd never been there before. It was sight unseen. I had visited there briefly for like a week, but not even that area. So we get this apartment sight unseen. We have no idea what we're walking into. Luckily, the apartment's great. And then it was the only apartment we lived in out there. First week, I'm down on Hollywood Boulevard working for this theater company. And I'm carrying this empty box. And I round the corner off Hollywood Boulevard to go in my car. And I hear like a voice yelling from the street back there he said hey sir uh, are you gonna do you need that box and i was like of course i need the box and i look behind me it's a dude in a bikini straight string women's string bikini <laughs> on hollywood boulevard just with nothing in his hand just asking if i need this box and i was like that was week one and i was like all right so did set the tone um, so yeah, yeah it, it was a culture shock, but LA is, is awesome. I, I miss it. I, I do miss it. I and can I, imagine because yeah. so one thing like, I feel like that you'll probably miss like versus there to here is probably like how everything closes at nine o'clock. <laughs> I was, you know, I was telling somebody about this, um, before I moved, I was like, you know, I'm moving to some towns. Like you, you have to have all your stuff done by noon on Saturday. Um, cause yeah. in some small towns. Things shut down at noon on Saturday when I was You're a kid. Wrong. It's like, you just better have everything you need. And it's like things, you know, we had two targets within a mile of us. Yeah, you probably live in North Hollywood. Do you like, you probably had like Uber Eats. And, oh yeah. And all that U stuff. And now Limes, we're just, yeah. Like I could come out of my apartment and get on my phone and see that there was a Lime and there was a Lime within a two minute walk. Nice. And for those that don't know, time. a Lime is like a, it's like a scooter. Yeah. They're, in, they're like they're these, downtown Tulsa right yeah, now. They're in downtown Tulsa, bigger cities, but they, they're fun. They are fun. But they're dangerous. They're okay, very so dangerous. I know this is about you, but I have a quick story. Go ahead. Uh, go on ahead, my birthday uh, this year, um, I went out with a couple of friends and we weren't even intoxicated <laughs> at all. Like mm -hmm. we maybe had one drink and my friend Kaylee was like, oh, let's ride these scooters within 10 minutes face plant oh and she like bloodied up her knee but she's such a trooper she was like let's keep going and just rallied and it was awesome 
I think they should limit the speed on them a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Not because like when you're just zooming, but they're so tall and they're an electric motor. So, you know, they have like good acceleration. Mm -hmm. They can just get away from you. Oh, yeah. You know, especially if you're not like been on one and at night because, you know, they have lights on them. Yeah. So the only time like I've ever ridden them were at night. Alien lights that yeah. kind of like hover around. <laughs> yeah. Because what the last time I was on one, um, what we did is we were going to go to the bar, which was like two miles away from my apartment. So we just rode a line there, parked it because, you know, that's the thing. It's parking is a big thing. So you don't want to drive and then have to struggle to find parking. Or Especially if it's like two miles. Yeah. Or have to pay to park and then do all that work just to like have to worry about driving home. So then you just take take a line there and then Uber home. Yeah, but, that's that's so convenient. Yeah, too. It's, it's convenient, but you know, on the opposite side, moving back here, this area because I haven't spent summer here in a while is gorgeous. Oh yeah, dude. That I mean, it is really. It's good to go away for a bit and move back because I didn't. I took it a lot for granted before, you know, I moved, but now like coming back here. Like just driving from Tulsa, you know, to around Muskogee, I'm just like looking out at the fields like this is beautiful. I can imagine. I've yeah. always I've always heard people like from big cities come <clears throat> back and or come to like a small town and they're just amazed. Like, oh, there's a cow. I'm like, yeah, yeah we see them every day. Yeah. Um, and it's, you're right. There's a lot of things that even you saying that, I'm kind of thinking to myself, yeah, I know I take a lot of this for granted. But, yeah. But, and I mean, uh, that's also, there's just, <laughs> it gets on your nerves how many people live there um, sometimes. But that's why, you know, going back to the technology thing about changing the industry, when I moved there seven, eight years ago, I would go, you'd have to go in a person audition, obviously, right? And right. you still do for most part. But I'd go on an audition in person. So, you know, for people who don't know, usually the way you get cast in something is the way it works. You either have an agent or a manager that submits you for projects like they now they have like an online kind of like a facebook type system or like indeed right right but okay. specifically for actors and only agents can see certain roles like it's not like you can log on right now and go see and apply for these roles it, it's it's kept pretty tight um so they'll submit you online first so then the casting director will call you in for like a first read for first audition and then you'll get a call back. And in each way, like let's say in the first submission that your agent sends you in, there's probably 1,500 or 2,000 people in that first submission that casting director maybe pull it down to 100 people. This is for one role. That's, Im so that's one impressive. Role. Yeah. So if they're casting 10 roles, you know, they're going to, in the first audition that they see, they'll probably see around 60 people per role. Maybe less. How do you bit. know how, I mean, how are they able to do something like that? Like without people just starting to blend together? I don't know. I've been briefly into behind the camera on auditions and the people, professionals I work with, they they know what they're doing and they know within like the fifth. Um, okay, so quick side story about that. So let me, I'll answer that question. Let me set the stage. No, you're fine. There's a second audition which if you get past the first, they it's not a second audition that we call, we call it callback. Okay. Okay, so you get called back, there's less people, 
you're usually within, you know, maybe five, six people you're up against. And then maybe they'll do, um, if you get the call back, they won't necessarily do different scenes. They'll probably do more scenes, but they'll start pairing you up with their actresses or who they've kind of locked in. They have an idea who they've gotten. Okay. And it's it's uh, sometimes they call them chemistry reads. But that's it's kind of about the relationship between not like can you do what we just saw you in the first audition great. It's matching you up with other people and like we like these people. We think these people would be good in these scenes. So you may be reading in the callback instead of somebody across from you who's not an actor who works for the casting department. Um that's usually who reads with you in the first audition. The second audition usually is not always depending on what if it's tv or film but it's usually like another actress and it's okay. a chemistry read and then depending on how big it is the third may be like a screen test but it, it goes on there you know usually by the third audition you, you've got it yeah you know, depending on how big it is you may audition six seven times so and see i knew this would happen i knew i have so many questions so yeah, i'm sorry yeah. for interrupting no, you no go ahead I'm so go ahead. I'm just, no, I want no. you to continue. I just want to apologize for my one interruption. No, what was that question? Because I'm so back. like, how are they able to oh, not yes. like blend people together? Because I mean, I see at my job probably close to fifty or sixty people. I'm kind of okay of like, okay, you were in here earlier, you were working with this person, and blah blah blah. But like something like that, yeah, saying the same thing or repeating the same thing or doing the same action over and over again with multiple different people, I would think they'd blend together. How does that work? Well, I, you know, I'm not a, a casting director and I haven't done that, but I've seen them work and like they're really talented at that. Like they can remember people like we can't. Like they can remember people that they haven't seen in a year or two years. That's and they'll they'll not just that they'll they'll read a break like a breakdown, like a breakdown is like when if it's a film or TV they're saying okay this is the role this is the description this is the age range. <clears throat> they can know from that and be like oh that person I saw two years ago and this person they'll be great for that. And it's like that's why. So it's like you and I can't do that because they're they're very talented and and they know very quickly who sticks out and you know. So it's like they're categorizing, even if you mm -hmm. don't get that part, it's like they're like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna remember you for another part. Maybe. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Cause like, I think, I know for me, I kinda, which I'm, I'm sure Hollywood is very cutthroat. Oh, for sure. But that's kind of cool that like, that they may potentially like, okay, well one time this guy came in and read for a part a year ago, he would be perfect for this. Yeah. So it's like, they're always constantly trying to think who's gonna fill that next role. Right, and, and that's also, you know, if you understand that information, then you can, start to understand like, okay, well, then you want to stay on their radar. Right. And the more times you can get in there and see them and stuff and they can see you and remember you, then that's how you can potentially get work. That is, so, so it's all, it's yeah. really about who you know. It, for sure. Putting yourself out For there. sure, it becomes a lot about who you know and you know, your professional, like, are you good? And then it's like, okay, are you good? Are you someone we want to work with? Right, Because, yeah. you know, I'm if sure there's douchey people out yeah, there. Yeah, and if you're you most people that I've worked with that are really great are really awesome people. Awesome. Because if you're a jerk, you better be like something we've never seen before. Because other <laughs> than well, why hire you because no one wants to work with someone. It the work's difficult enough. Yeah. Why would you want to make it 
I mean, we all work jobs where it's yeah. like, good God, working with that like person. Like Stan from accounting, he's such a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't mind the work I have to do. I don't want to go in because I don't want to have to see that person. Right, you know? right. So, so okay, so you started <laughs> the internship at the theater. Yeah. So was that like, were you acting there or were you kind of just like, well, we're just putting like, were you kind of just like working and like putting like maybe like scenes together or? It I, was, it was a fest. This theater company, I wasn't acting. No, it was, it was sure like stage management type internship to learn that business. And that was just kind of like a, get me in the door, get me acquainted with the area. Right. And I didn't know this beforehand really what it was but when i got there it's basically this festival where like kids send in scripts like high school okay it's a contest where they send in scripts and what this theater company usually they have like a normal space or state like um where they put on plays like they have a their own stage down on hollywood somewhere in hollywood but they rent out a nicer theater bigger theater um on hollywood boulevard called the stella adler theater and they will take like 20 plays. It's, they put on every, for four weeks, every week there's three plays, like three one actors that they play. So the first week they'll do a week run and it's all the same three plays. Okay. And then the next week it's a different three or four. Okay. And same thing for four weeks. So, and they all have like high school kid writers. It's called the Young Playwrights Festival. I've, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So I didn't know, but the actors that were cast on that are all these like TV and actors. Like, did you, have you ever seen, seen Serenity? Yeah. Like yeah. Firefly. Um, Sean Marr, who plays the doctor, plays River's brother. I'm not familiar with the characters. I just know, is it Nathan? What's no, it? not Nathan Fillion. Um, the, um, the the other guy who have you've seen Serenity, right? Gosh, yes. But you know the while. sister that's like the she's like the psychic. Okay. Her brother. Okay. Um, her the, her brother in, in the show. He was on in that Young Playwrights Festival, but it's all that's just like to give you an idea. Like, so it's all these like pretty recognizable people. Yeah, big name. Like, so it was really actors. good experience to see them work. So it was like. Yeah, I was learning stagecraft behind like stage management stuff, but really it was like watching how they carry themselves and how they, you know, work in these environments. Because there's there's a lot of questions you have when you start off that I've forgotten even what they were, but I remember them being like being answered. Not necessarily by asking them, and they were super approachable people. They were not like, get away from me. Right. They were like, thank you so much for everything. I didn't, sometimes I would ask them, but most of the time, like just watching was enough. Just be able to like, basically putting eyes on it in a sense. You're like, oh, okay. So that's how I need to approach this or I need to do a scene like this maybe. So what, at what point in your, um, your internship, did you get like your first like acting job or was it was it film was it a theater was it tv see i'm sure you've probably done a lot up there yeah i think the first thing notable that i was like still to this day is like a cornerstone was a short film called honey pie and i didn't you know i didn't get it through the theater company 
I just, you know, through that circle and all those people and knowing friends from there, you learn a lot from the street, like what the word around town is is to do. Okay, what's everybody doing? Like, right. what do I need to do? And oh, well, my dad's, you know, producer, and then this is what like he said he would do, or blah 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 blah. blah. Is it a lot of name dropping out there? It's not, but not in like name dropping like that way, but it's just like you know who to listen to that knows because there are a lot people that are full of it and if you don't know who to listen to you can get derailed and like are they are they just kind of like trying to take advantage of people that are like pursuing their acting career? there is a lot of that but some of it is just people who are just so delusional about themselves because really? la is kind of where you go to get your crazy on <laughs> like yeah that. the industry's there but it's also like a megaplex city that's you know a lot of young professionals move to and a lot of crazy people move to and so yeah you see that's why you see wild people there is is because it's a great place to go to be your own person and that's amazing but the downside is is that you know if you haven't learned kind of got a filter on who to listen to you may be thinking that crazy person over there is you know them the guy CEO with like the of G-string Warner Brothers. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you do have to kind of like, not most the people that are I know that are worth name dropping, if they would never tell you who they are. Right. You usually find out it's through very a third like, party. It sounds like it's a very like humble environment. It is. And that's, you know, that's the other side. Like you said, cutthroat is all like cutthroat. It absolutely is, but it, some of the best friends I've ever had and still have, I met there. So right. it's a it's a lot of community. And that's like a challenge in itself of like a personal level, like having friends in the industry and seeing them be successful when you're not. I can imagine. Because it's it's a roller coaster for all of us. Some of my friends are doing great and I'm not doing too great. And that's a you know, a lesson to yourself of like, you know, you can't just be all you know, screw that person over there when they're doing, and then, right. oh, I'm over here doing amazing and blah, 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 blah. You know, you have to learn how to, it's good. It's good for your ego, I guess. Yeah, and, and we kind of briefly talked about that um, when I was kind of explaining what the show is about, um, because it can be, as creatives, we, we get very egotistical. Like, I know, like, mm-hmm. and I've mentioned this a thousand times on this, but like, sometimes I'll be like going through Instagram, I'm like, man, that's a great picture. Why didn't I take that picture? Why does that person get so many likes? And it's just, and I have to like remind myself, like it's not about that. Yeah. Like if you think about it, like when it comes to like, when I think about like, we'll we'll keep it with acting. Like when I think about like, say Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, like I don't, there's no comparison that I do with them. Right. They're their own person. And I think, Sometimes it feels like, well, I have to reach a certain point before I can be myself and not be compared to others. Mm-hmm. But really, it starts right now. You know, yeah. where no matter where you are, if you're just starting out creatively, or if you're at the top tier, like you know, you're your person right now. You are the only person that can provide the creative um, outlook or the outsource that you're going to provide, whether that's in movies, photography, or video. So, I always got to remind myself of that. Yeah, in you know, I think one of the keys that I've, and I it's a, I can't remember what exactly happened today, but there was something that happened of an ego check today. And what I thought was, oh, 
I wasn't even aware about that I thought that. Does that make sense? Yeah, like there's, totally. It's like when you're aware of what your ego's doing, yeah, it's easy to be like, but when you're making subconscious judgments or choices or this, and then it finally like, oh, you just did that. And then you, then yeah, you need to check it and, and you can fix it. But what's so hard is the, you know, the subconscious things. And sometimes it, you know, it takes a scenario to highlight that. Right, yeah. yeah. But I think it's very important because I think the difference is some people don't check that. You know, they don't say, okay, I don't need to be that way. They lean in and they say, no, you know, they need to change or I'll tell you what it is. They paid somebody off where they're doing something. I'm still, you know what I mean? They lean in. They don't say, okay, I don't need to be like that. Right. They say, no, I need to do, you know, they amp their ego up. Do you think, um, and there's, there's, there's jerks everywhere and there's humble people everywhere, but do you think kind of coming from Oklahoma kind of helped with that? Kind of have that mentality out there? <clears throat> yeah, I, I do because, and I think that's like an edge that anybody from this area, if, if, if you're out there and you're like, well, well, you know, I've, I'm moving there or I'm, I'm going to these things. There's like a, a quality that we've grown up with of, I don't want to call it Southern charm, but it's just like, we're very nice and we don't think we are, but when you get out in the other world, even me not being very nice or being patient, Right. somebody I could just go. A lot of people aren't like that in other parts of big cities in the world. And I've had instances where people are like, man, you're, you're so patient with that. I lost my mind. And I'm like, oh. Or, or and people will be like, man, that just Southern hospitality or Midwest niceness that you have. And I'm like, really? I feel like I'm me kind of like, I've been meaner lately. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I think totally it understand. is. And I think it can, your patience can help you not like blow a lid because there's sometimes where if I would have said what I thought or been a jerk, even just a little in a scenario, it would have maybe like crushed an opportunity. Right. I, you know, I'm not thinking of any specific example, but I, I can somewhat think of some things where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm glad I didn't say that. I'm glad I have that temperament. Right. And I think it's growing up in this area. You know what I mean? Because yeah. people are so nice here. Yeah, they and really that's what's are. great about the area. For the yeah. most part. Yeah. And, you know, that's not to say people in L.A. are, you know, jerks. There are a lot of awesome, awesome people in L.A. But the mentality is different. Like the, well, okay, I'll give you an example. Like I used to work for a call center and I used to hate talking to people from New York because I yeah. thought they were just rude and interrupted. Yeah. And then one day it dawned on me. Like, no, they're from New York. Like, what are they doing out there right now? Going 90 to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's just the way they are. And yeah. then, because this guy came on, and he was like, da, 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 and he was just so nice, talking 90 to nothing. He was talking to me about like, yeah, I didn't move up here. The real estate's so good right now. And just, you can get this apartment for this much and just going off. And I was like, like sir, I, like, I just I need just... to know who you bank with so I can cancel that hold on your account. <laughs> yeah. But it's just because that's just the way they are. Yeah. No, I have like two friends from New York and that's one adjustment you do have to make is because from here we're so nice you think people are being mean right and they're not they're not it's just there's just so many people that they grow up around and that environment is is highly competitive and a lot of people and it's 
you know, you don't have time for BS sometimes. You got to right. kind of get straight to the point. Um, and like, it can seem cold when they like tell you something or they'll say something. And it's like, you know, if I didn't know better, I'd think you were trying to hurt my feelings. Right. But I know you're not. I know you're just trying to tell me um, bluntly and, and, you know, thank you. But the other friend that I worked with, she's a director. Um, we were out shooting and we were walking somewhere. And I walk fast. I've always been a fast walker. Like I got places to go. Dude, she's from, grew up and like lived in New York. She's way ahead of me. I could really? not keep up. <laughs> was it like a jog compared to your Oh walk? man, dude, it was like almost like a sprint. Are you serious? Yeah, like it was a work to keep up. And not, yeah, like I move with a purpose. Like I walk fast. I do the I same. I was not yeah. just like, like I was going like, you know, cause I'm ready to shoot, I'm ready to work, blah, 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 blah. She's just like, and turns and looks at me like, oh, no, she's not out of breath. She's not rushing to get somewhere. Just casually looks back and like, oh, yeah, here we are. It's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. She was like, oh, you know, that New York, that New York, that walk. New York walk. Dude, like, that's insane. It's, it's real. So, you, you but LA is more laid back. I I, you know I, I, mean? like I, I get that vibe. Like yeah, I feel like chill. LA is is like New York is. It's definitely a creative hub because mm-hmm. there's a lot of creatives that live there. But like, yeah, it's just become so expensive yes. to live in New York. And you know, going to the thing like, hey, we're talking great about LA. Like, why are you in Oklahoma? Right. Like, why I moved back? Is it was just getting too expensive to live there? And, you know, going back to a little what we touched on earlier about how the business has changed. Now it was that I wasn't having to do a first audition. The first audition was I was self-taping in my apartment and then sending the first self-tape in. Right. So it's like you start to live in this studio that's so small with all the things you've collected over the past five years. And we collect. Yeah, we collect or, you know, get something from Ikea or whatever. So the walls start to close in and you're like, okay, why am I living here paying this much if the biggest auditions that I've had in the past year, it's not like I haven't had auditions. It's like I've moved up in the goals that I've set and I'm getting those, but I'm not having to go there like I used to, right. it's from my apartment. Now you can just fly there. Yeah, I can just fly there. Or, and I was having to go pay like a rehearsal, like a space, now they record your, your self-tape for you. Um, so that's a catch 22, cause you know, you gotta go pay money now to audi- a little bit to audition, to get a good quality. I could do, do it at my house, but if it's for a really, you know, bigger role and I want the quality better and I want to stand out, look like studio, backdrop and everything i you know pay like 20 bucks to go get them recorded um so you got me i'll do it for free dude yeah yeah <laughs> now i got you so i'll just be over here yeah so Come that's anytime that's the one of the way things change it, it was getting really expensive my wife and i we had a baby i know that's i wanted to touch on that i think that's yeah, so exciting dude, he is the world he is freaking awesome um so we had a baby and, and one of the the biggest number one was is that even if we lived out there and we got a house, which we were looking at, all of our family are here. Right. So, you know, it's a challenge to try to do the same work here. But one of the other things is LA is so expensive to live in. It's also really hard to shoot there. 
if it's really expensive for production. And I was going to bring that up because I remember when we did that photo shoot together, you mentioned about how hard it is to get like permits and like you can't just go shoot wherever you want to. You can't like we could walk out on the street and shoot a short film out on the street and nobody would say anything. People probably come and help us that we've never (laughs) met before. If you try to do that in L.A., people will shut you down. The people that own homes around there, people will ask questions. I mean, probably in a residential area, people wouldn't say much. But like, you can't go. You can you can shoot there, but you're gonna have to go through all the red tape, and a lot of the red tape comes with insurance. Yep. Like because if you're gonna get insurance, <clears throat> they want like a down payment. They want like money up front to give you that insurance. I can imagine. Yeah. So that's a big thing. Um, so it's, and insurance is, is one thing, you know, you can kind of, you need, and, and you want to work on a set that has insurance. But a lot of the thing is, is like, if you're just going out to shoot something, like Santa Monica Pier, for example, you've seen that in movies. Yeah, so tons. You can't take your cannon out there and record your girlfriend. They're just not going to They happen. will shut you down. That's Their security insane. will. They're like, excuse me, do you have a permit? And so we, I mean, we've shot some stuff at the pier and we've had permits for, for things and it's it's expensive. We've shot at some of the beaches and, you know, it's just, it's just becoming real expensive for your ind- independence. Right. And if I wanted to mostly do TV, which, you know, I'd like to, you know, love to be on a, on a series and, and get some series work, but mostly what my experience is, is indie film. And there's a lot of going on in the area. So in Austin and then here and yeah. then through the, like the network that I have. Was it A23 is a really big one that's coming up? Is that the, is it A23 is a studio? Um, they did, um, gosh, what did they do? They did the the movie with Matthew McConaughey where he went to the Jap- Japanese suicide forest. Yeah, A24. yeah, it's like, eight, yeah, Something I know who like you're talking that. about. Yeah, yeah I, yeah, I know which one you are. You're talking about A24. Plan B is Brad Pitt's company. They do a lot of like indie stuff like that too. Nice. So, but like a lot of what's going on is basically... Okay, here's the here's the the issue that I was running into at my level is what I was starting to get ready to pursue is like I've done a lot of short films. Um not like a lot because you don't you don't want to do too much. It's weird because if you do too much of the same roles, they peg you and they say, "Okay, that he's he's not better than that." Right. That's all he can get. You do you do too many he's he's done four guest stars. Okay, he should be moving up to co-star. Well, he's done seven guest stars didn't move up to a co-star looks like he's just a guest star wow like that's yeah I, can, I guess that's where the cutthroat comes yeah in. yeah for sure so i'd done short films i'd start to move up finally got feature films got some indie features and now what i was looking to go at was basically any role what films and studios and tv shows used to do is that let's say the tv show or film is shot in let's say it's shot in austin so there's so many roles they're going to cast out of LA and they're going to pay, they're going to cast in LA, they're going to cast LA actors or wherever, and they're going to fly you in. So they'll put you up room and board and they'll pay you a daily rate, right? A pretty decent amount. So it's changed a lot in the terms of like now those roles that they used to do that, they're local hires. 
Because it's a lot cheaper. Because it's a lot cheaper. Makes sense. And with the internet and everything and people, you know, sometimes people are like, they may not be a local hired off to this area. But if they're willing to drive and put themselves up in a hotel room, you know, making, even if I got to spend a little bit of my money, spend a little bit of my money to make some money is better than sitting and doing nothing. And being stagnant. Exactly. Right. And plus you have your experience already in LA. Right. And, you know, and that's why I would suggest anybody who is thinking about it, like, you got to go to LA. You have to. Just to because, try it. Yeah. I mean, you have to because you're going to learn a skill set there that you're, you unfortunately, you will not learn here. You, you, but there are some things you can do to prep and make like good work here. Like you would want to get as many movie speaking parts, not extra or background, but speaking roles. Like you want speaking roles on camera specifically on, on legitimate TV shows on, you know, pretty good independent films or whatever big feature films. And that's the thing. Sometimes those big feature films that shoot locally, you know, they'll cast their one, two liners under five liners um, locally. And the reason that's tough on me is because that's where I'm at. Those are the roles I'm pursuing. Right. And if they're all local hire, it's, it, it became like, okay, one, it's really all about family. Right. And I trust life enough to take that risk and figure it out. Right. I've seen people take risks and get rewarded. Yes, you're 100% right. It's like a universal truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because uh, you, you got to take those risks. You got to. Sometimes they won't pan out, but people that take risks get rewarded and family was most important than getting out here and i was like i'll figure it out with the skill set that i've had in la and just knowing what i'm looking for you know i'm conf confident that i'll figure it out right yeah and you and you talk a lot about like how you're taking a risk right now and it it's like well we're gonna it's almost like you're like on rocky waters but you have a you told me before we started you have a feature film coming out oh yeah i mean it was kind of crazy to move away right. a lot of people wouldn't have because i mean last year and a half been like a really big season for me i had um i had three feature films that i was in come out like you know ranging in level of role so some supporting and some just like a, almost like a flash that i did for a friend and then I have like a feature film coming out at the end of this year, but it's it's going to be it's done, but one it's going to go to festivals. And so, so it's kind of gonna... like you're sitting on it. Yeah. So and that's a whole like thing, like this the festival circuit, and that that's a whole like another conversation that it it's taken like years to understand because you know, there's no book you can really read. There's right. no book that's going to like, here's exactly how to do it. It's all like word of mouth. It's, it's, it's going hang out with friends that, you know, knows a lot more than you and about this area and talking with them and having a beer with them and, and finding Networking out that knowledge. For sure. For sure. Um, but not like a smoothie way, but like a, like you gotta be a cool person, like a real, right. a real, you don't want to just like, I'm just going to hang out with them get information like people smell that a mile away but you pick up on that system and i've most information i know about festivals is i've learned from working on projects and the producer or the director talking about well this is the goal 
So the movie is called Thieves, and I play like um, one of the main characters in. Um, and it's it's called Thieves, a Los Angeles crime story. And it's basically if you've seen Michael Mann's films, like stylistically <clears throat> in that vein. So kind of like Heat and Point Break and with like a, a little film noir. Yeah, so um, kind of like a classic like like robber movie. Yeah, 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 for sure. Which is, you know, what, you know, the friends that now friends that I've worked on it with, you know, we love those kind of movies and we wanted to go out and make like a cool movie that people would like and want to see. And, you know, it's independent. It's a lower budget, but, you know, it took a while and super proud of it. And so it's we're going to try to we're going to try to get in Oklahoma City uh, Dead Center Festival and um, hopefully the Muskogee Bare Bones, like the Bare Bones International Film Festivals. See, I don't even here. know what that is. Yeah, I think tell me about it. That. Still goes on. There, it's a local festival here. Is it the theater on uh, Chandler? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which or, um, the Roxy? Yeah. Which that's funny because the I as soon as I left Stillwater, that the first job I got out of Stillwater was Rocky Horror in that theater. Oh, that's so yeah, cool. Yeah. What what part did you play? I played Brad Majors. Wow, so really? Majors. Yeah, that was like now eight years ago. That's so cool. Yeah, that that's where I met. Um, my now she's my wife but that's that was she, i was doing that play when we met was she also in there or no she wasn't but i'm sure she thought she was like oh god this guy is out <laughs> of his mind now you guys um, have a kid together so no matter yeah no matter yeah, what she, now you're yeah, always she together. can't get rid of me now yeah it's always gonna be a yeah. part of your life yeah. always well you know she is in the legal field so if, if she ever does decide like i'm, I'm screwed she, she <laughs> I'm knows screwed. all the rules um so that's another so what um so what, what, I'm not going to say difficulties. I'm not going to say challenges. Um, what's that dynamic like? Um, being like, uh, her being a legal type of job and you being like an acting type of job. It, I, I assume it can almost probably go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nice having a significant other that's not in the industry. Right. Because that same issue that you talk about, like ego and going at each other, that, you know, if like your wife is an actress and she's becomes successful or vice versa, like that can cause a real wide rift. Oh goodness, I can you know, imagine really quick. Yeah. And um, but it's awesome because you know, I know she when we moved out there, she worked like two jobs and she got she went to NSU. She got her like psychology stuff from there, and then she studied legal at um, UCLA. Oh, nice. Um, so, it, you know, she grinded out there as well and came and kind of made her own person in L.A. as well. So super, man, I think some of the things she's done and had offices she's worked in, um, some of them have been awesome, but some of them have been like as hard as the stuff I went through in, in Cutthroat and just crappy office environments. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, so she definitely has worked as hard, but... It's nice because when you're around a lot of actors and directors, it can get super snobby in terms of like, oh, did you see this movie? And I'm like, yeah, I liked it. I hated it. Hated it. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, well. What movie is that off of? It's, it, it's, um, it's from a movie, but they're talking about a restaurant. Yes, yes, yes. yes. It was, uh, yeah. Ter- it was like terrible. Yeah. It, wasn't it? No, no, no. It was a uh, Devil Wears product. <clears throat> no, I, I know what it is. 
It's the Chuck and Larry movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't where, I don't I don't think I've seen that. Where he's meeting she's like from a wealthier she's very famous and he's meeting her friends. Oh, so and, it's just all like yeah, it's yeah, very snobby people. But so yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that. But it, it is kind of like that. Okay. And you can and the reason like that's fine when people have their opinions. But the reason that can kind of hurt you is if you that creates a bubble of what you know you think is good. And you know, going back to about the creative podcast that you know we're I'm on and talking about, you forget that the people that are paying your rent are not the directors and actors sitting in your bubble. They are the everyday people that are coming home that have worked four or five, you know eight hours a day, four or five days a week, and they just want to sit down and be entertained. Right, yeah. And it's like, it's nice because she's not in that industry and she's your average viewer. And she keeps me connected to that, that world of your normal people that are like, I just want to come home and watch Handmaid's Tale. Right. right? (laughs) I want to cook dinner and do that. And I'm like, ah, oh, well, did you see how they did this on this movie or that? And she's like, nope, don't care. Just want to watch just, it. I just want to watch. Like, I want to go numb. Thank God. I want to watch Stranger Things, okay? Just leave me yeah. alone. Because <laughs> we went to hang out with some of our friends um, that live nearby that were originally from this area, but they um, they weren't in the industry at all. Um, and we go over to their house and they make dinner for us. And we sit down and we watch this the movie called Battleship, if you've seen that. Which is a very like actiony movie, right? Yeah, it's not it's like literally your... based off the board game. Yeah, exactly. Dude loved that movie. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, this movie's awesome," and I was like, "I love that. I love that you like." Thank you. I didn't say this to him. I wasn't like thank you, but I was like, "Thank you," as a reminder because that's like people don't they don't care realize. about that. And I have you ever listened to any of those master classes? No, I've been really wanting to. Like, yeah. I, I want. What's the actor or the director that does it? Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. I would really love to listen and watch his. Yeah, I've I've heard that his and Scorsese's are really good. But if you want a more cinematography education of of shooting, Ron Howard. If you want more of like Scorsese, just talks about the theory a lot more. Whereas you've seen the promos where Ron Howard's very like, okay, this shot right here. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna take, let's get the 50 right here. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna be right here, you'll be out of this guy's view so you can still get this shot. It's very like structured. And I I imagine the the other guy is kind of like, why do we film? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) why are we here? Yeah. Um, But I, I have the Mammoth one. Okay. David Mammoth, do you know much about him? Um, what What is his work? So he wrote, First and foremost, he's like a playwright. He okay. directed some stage plays. But he he he's very, very well known. He wrote American Buffalo. He wrote Glengarry, Glengarry Ross. Is it Glengarry? Okay. I, I always put those too titles. many Ross in there. But those, yeah. Those titles sound familiar. Though, yeah. Um, he also wrote like a, th- uh, I think a three act play called Speed the Plow. But he's a very well known playwright. Um, his master class I want to take because one of the things in moving here that I haven't like mentioned yet that I was I was excited about moving back home is because LA can make you I felt like 
the type of actor that I was going to be there was going to kind of be locked into a certain type. And I really want to like grow and expand. And I didn't think that I could really do that in LA because you got to compete in a certain way and kind of play the game. And I was like, you know, if I lower my expenses and move back to a more regional area where, yeah, I may have to travel more, but I may not have to, I may be able to do things I want more. Right. Um, so in moving back here, it's like fit, filling in some gaps that I don't know. Like he's a playwright. I'm not saying I'm going to write plays, but I know that I read a lot of stuff and I, I know there's things they know that I need a better understanding of. And the reason this becomes like relevant on another level I was talking about is he, Mamet was like, blew my mind with what he said about drama. Because some people and writers that I know, like they're all about like making you think. Like you want, and, and you, I thought this, and you may think this, like I want to make content that says something that makes people think. Right. And man was like, no, that's not your freaking job. Because that's not who's paying you a ticket is to, um, he used the example of like when the people from Hamlet, the the play, stopped the show. I think Mike Pence was there or something. Did you hear about that where he stopped the show? No, I don't. I, yeah, they, they talked in the middle of it. And I don't know what his political views are, but he, he was very like that compromises us as like artists. Because like he used an example like the best relief and way he said it in a very more poetic and different way, but he said like the best relief and making people think is to give them a break from their subconscious and to give them a break from their daily stress. I like that. That's the best way. I like that. But like, and he used like a good example of like, now how would you feel if like you went to the dentist to get your teeth cleaned and like he, as he's working on your teeth and got you on your thing, the dentist is like, okay, so, you know, I know you're here to clean your teeth, but like, what do you think about this business off? You know, you'd be like, what the, like, I didn't come here for that. Right. It's kind of that idea. It's like also that idea of like, that's not what they're paying you money for is, is like, who do you, who do you think you are to tell people who to vote for or what to think? So just like, you know, I don't want to rip his masterclass off, but that's why it's a great one is because it changed a lot of the way I think about, because that's what, you know, I used to approach acting kind of like, or maybe make a movie right like what, you know what are they gonna think what are we gonna make them think i want them to think and now it's kind of like well you know from what the piece you're in is trying to do like let's not try to change like let's not try to make them think let's just let the piece do that and then on the acting side i don't really it, it hasn't really changed a lot of the way i approach acting because I think his understanding and what he says about acting can kind of derail you. And it makes you think. Right. But, you know, he's not an actor. So don't necessarily take what he says about acting to heart. He does. He says something that's a little bit of truth, a little bit of truth in there about acting. And he, and he wrote a very like good book about acting called True and False. So if you're an actor, you may check that out. But that's one of the things I'm doing now is like, you know, I want to watch the, I want to do the Ron Howard one. I want, I've finished the Mammoth one. I'm doing the dust, going to do the Dustin Hoffman as well. Just grow. Right. Yeah. Because like this area with life and, you know, you're more in nature here and it's, it's way more beautiful. It's like, 
gets you thinking. It gets you thinking about yeah. what, what you want to do. It really does. It's um, And I've been thinking, uh, I don't know if I started this thought yesterday or if it was today, but like I've realized that my life is like in twos and threes in terms of years. Mm. Like my, like I'll have a transition. Like, so I'm coming up on my two year anniversary of my job. And then I remember thinking like, well, two years ago beforehand, I was going to this job transitioning. And and I kind of start back thinking the past decade. And like my story is very similar to yours. Like the last six months of college, I remember telling your sister, like, I don't know if I want this degree anymore. (laughs) It's just, and that was like the two, three year period. Like it just, constantly yeah. changing and kind of going back to Oklahoma and this area. It's just, it's a, it's, it's a good place to think. It is. Yeah. Um, it's a good place to create too. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you're not distracted by a thousand other things. Um, I'm far more comfortable creating than I am consuming. Yeah. Like if I'm sitting there consuming nonstop. Yeah. I get like brain dead. Yeah. So I think you're, I th- I'm excited. Like I'm super excited. Yeah, I, that's one of the things like, and some of my friends are asking me like, oh, how do you feel about it? Because I, I didn't want to move back for a long time because I, I felt like it was a downside. Like that would be the end. Yeah. But then just all of a sudden, I, I think I said something to one person. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to move back. And they were like, that's not a bad idea. You could do this and do this and do that. And I was like, okay. And then finally, when we started to move back, some of my friends were, other friends were, like, you know, what do you think? And I was like, dude, I'm excited. I'm pretty ecstatic. I can't wait to get there. So can you kind of talk about some of the things you're work like you're going to work on here? Well, I there's a couple things that, well, I actually have an audition tomorrow for something, a project shooting in the area. Oh, nice. So I, I it was crazy that I like. I got here, I thought, it, you know, I'm going to have to drive far and this. And then, you know, I've only been back in this area around a week and boom, Just there like it goes. That, so, yeah. you know, I, I'm not saying, oh, it paid off. There we go. Prime <laughs> my million dollars. But I mean, you take risks and you kind of trust yourself. And, you know, thing, things will work out. Don't, don't get too stressed. But in the area, I mean... I know I've talked about a director I worked with a couple of times. We we're trying to write something and get trying to pick some plots and pick some ideas of what we want to do. But I think we're seriously going to shoot something here in the next, like, I'm not saying next year, um, but maybe in the next three years, get something going, like a full feature. Oh, nice. Um, because um, the same guy I worked with this on Thieves, um, I may end up going back to LA in about a year to shoot another feature he's working on. Probably won't be the main character, which is a relief. Right. I imagine it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> it, it, dude, it is so much. And I'm so glad for that experience of being a, the, the main character. But until you're the main character, you don't realize how much it's you. It's you up there all the time and you can't have a bad day. Right. You, know? <laughs> you got to show up and always yeah, perform. Always be ready. Always be prepared. And sometimes like things happen, schedules get rearranged. And it's like you get l- real good at learning dialogue because you know, the dialogue can change or it's like, hey, that scene that um, we said we were going to shoot in two weeks. Okay, we're going to do it today. We're actually going to do it in an hour. So, yeah. You know, Gosh. And then up. you're like, okay, I, yeah. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be. So, uh, you know, I, that's the thing. I want to start working in this area more. And I'm probably not going to write or direct because I know professionals 
that are better at that, that are my friends that I've built through, you know, work, that be more than happy to give them that opportunity. But I'd like to be in those and, you know, we're going to work on developing that. Um, yeah, that's that's just trying to get those films going here um, for this area. I think it's exciting, though. Like, and I, it kind of just like clicked in my head. Like your story is very um, like retrograde. I'll say that um, in, in terms of like. It's like polar opposite. Like you're talking about, you took a deep leap, a deep leap coming from LA to Oklahoma, and most people would view it as going from Oklahoma to LA. So it's yeah. in, it's it's it, it almost has me like it does. It has me excited for you to see what happens. But and Thank you. and not just that, but also like what you can grow and show other people in Oklahoma. Like hey, like if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. Cause I get that vibe, like, and I mean, I, I mean, obviously, like, I, I know your family and your everyone in your family is awesome, but like, it's just amazing seeing that you're taking, kind of going back from the beginning of the podcast, we talked about like how you're taking what you learned growing up in Oklahoma, went to Los Angeles, came back, and you're just gonna be like, I want to do things here, yeah, and I think that's awesome, yeah, and it just, I'm dude, I'm 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 pumped for thieves too, yeah, I mean. I am too. I mean, I've, you know, had to do ADR and stuff for it. So, and, and, you know, reshoot some stuff. So, so what is ADR? Uh, so sometimes the sound on set can, that you record like with the field microphones and stuff, uh, is insalvageable for some reason. Like, it's just like whatever reason the sound, it's like, you have to re-record over this. So what you do is like, they take that sound, like it's not that you can't hear it at all. It's just like, there's a clack here that I can't get rid of and I can't filter out. Right. Or whatever, the helicopter, a lot of times. That's the problem with shooting in LA, dude. They have a fleet of police helicopters that are, um, my my parents would call me and they'd be like, dude, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, it's just a police chopper. It's (laughs) it flies over all the time. It's Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, literally. But the problem is like, I've worked on some shoots to where we're shooting in a garage and I'm doing in the middle of my scene, I'm doing lines and I see out the corner of my eye, the sound guy just with his hands in his air, looking up like. Like I can't do anything. Yeah, just like we, we have to stop because. You're um, good, dude. Uh, because of a helicopter. So it's just like, whoop, whoop, whoop. So you go back in <clears throat> to the studio. They take that sound so you can hear it, but you can hear the whatever. Right. It's messed up. And they let you watch what you're doing with the sound synced up, and you're basically just trying to record match. Oh, is that is that when uh, Hugh Jackman is, like, doing his Wolverine thing, but he's, like, looking at, like, a screen? Is that kind of what it is? Yeah, what yeah, is, yeah. What does ADR stand for? Is it audio? No, it's automated dialogue replacement. Okay. Oh, well, I was thinking audio yeah, is way Yeah, you off. think, <laughs> like, it's audio dialogue recording or something, but it, I think the technical is automated dialogue replacement. it's so funny we're talking about that and then my roommate just walks in yeah and i have to worry about trying to fix that later in my edit oh yeah i know <laughs> it's so ironic i, I know. i'd leave it in there It'd yeah be like this is why then i'll put it like a little note yeah example um, in 10 seconds you'll hear a roommate come yeah in. <laughs> in 10 seconds you yeah. uh that's awesome that uh, that's exciting um, like, but um, yeah i've done a had to 
do a couple things for that. So I'm I'm excited for it to be out as well. I'm excited because I I think they'll screen it and I'll I'll go back and see it. I want you to tell me where it's playing. Yeah, because like, I want to go watch it. Well, and that's the thing is like you do the festival circuit is is a whole thing about like you want to get your movie out to festivals and people see because what you want to do is you want to get it bought by a distributor so if that's netflix amazon or whatever uh hulu and that's why we live in amazing amazing time is because right. you know netflix has 72 billion dollars at their disposal and they're cranking out content so and amazon's trying to compete with that and now they got some good stuff who amazon yeah it's just underrated because yeah. of netflix exactly it's yeah. overshadowed but you know that it's it's going to change a little bit because you know like disney not what what just happened like well, disney so disney's doing their own thing um at&t bought out warner brothers they're going to do their own yeah. thing disney bought fox, fox. yeah that's right. that was a big thing though because they have fox like they got everything but like fox news and some fox sports that is an incredible amount of i mean how many movies do you see play on fx oh so many so many yeah Th and that's their movies so now Di disney gets all that content i know that. so they mine yeah so they're gonna have their own competition with that and they're gonna make their own content so it's awesome now there's a lot more with the internet and high speed specifically high speed broadband yeah. Because remember, you couldn't get it here for a long time. Yeah, now you can. Now, now it's, yeah. it's everywhere. So you want a distributor to pick your stuff up. Because a lot of those Netflix movies that say Netflix original were not greenlit and, and paid for and shot by Netflix. Netflix bought them when they were done. Some they greenlight from the ground up. But right. some they buy. So... Just because it has Netflix original on it doesn't mean that it is like from the ground up. So how does that work? And and I, I definitely don't want to know numbers, but like because me playing music growing up, we would have CD sales like on iTunes and stuff like that. Right. We never saw the money because right. it, the distribution like sucks it all up. Like, is it kind of like the like is that is that kind of how like Netflix does it? Like, do you get like do you get like a small percentage or? I mean, I can't say specifically exactly because you get in the realm of negotiation and it's like anything's possible. Okay. You negotiate what everybody agrees to. But basically what from the movies I've worked on is that you want them to pay you a, 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 a lump sum of money for the movie. Like they buy it from you. So it's and just like one it. and done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And so, you know, some people try to sell scripts, right? Like I'll try to sell my script and, you know, a production company or Netflix will buy your script. Say, we're going to buy this idea, we'll pay you a lump sum of money. It's ours now. It's not yours anymore. You don't get any money in this day. Or you could. That could be in the contract. You know, sell it to you for this amount. And I get so much percentage of royalties, blah, 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 blah. It's all negotiable. So. And there's there's also union rules in there as well. I need to mention that because there's not really big unions um, in Oklahoma, but everywhere else, like specifically with the film industry, there's like a union almost for every job. There's like an editor's union, there's a director's union, there's a producer's yeah, union. Yeah, and you guys need them. 
Absolutely. 100% need that. 100% because, um, and we can talk about what actors unions kind of do. That's very, like the very key thing that they do um, in a bit. But when they buy a script, then they may choose to change that script or make it. But one thing you also can do is if you have enough money, you can just make your own movie. Say here's a movie that's done and you sell it to them. You generally try to sell it for a lot more than you made it for. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's a good investment. That's a good yeah. business strategy. But that's that's like the idea. And that's what these like Amazon and things are doing. They're, there's a lot more avenues. Like seven years ago when I started doing it, I mean, maybe you had YouTube and YouTube is not YouTube that it is today. Oh, no. YouTube yeah. today is almost a burning like pile of trash yeah. in terms of like content creation. Exactly. And and now it's like, <clears throat> or, or then it was like, okay, you make a short film, you make a feature to get seen by someone to give you more money or to make another thing. And, and it is still that way. But now you're seeing like those things that the person got made first to get noticed like we're seeing those on on streaming networks or something right so there's a ability to like cross that barrier before how do you feel about the people that are making like movies with their iphones like the the movie unsane have you heard about this yeah well also tangerine was shot on iphone i don't know about that it, no it, i did it, not know it, that it went to con it went to con really yeah so like like how do you feel about that because we we kind of just like pooped all over youtube for being like which they're well, no. kill, they're killing themselves like in terms of their yeah. algorithm but, but like, they're a great avenue yeah i mean that's a like i have a, a friend that has a great web series on like youtube so oh, it's nice. an absolute i meant like before in terms of like it was it wasn't that like it wasn't people weren't really putting web series on there and doing that if they were we weren't talking about it right it was kind of just, like, oh yeah the yeah web series. that's great now it's like, oh no, that web series blew up. Yeah. I've seen that. It's great. So now it's an amazing option. Yeah. But, but in, so like going like, like on the iPhone. Yeah. So. Like how does it like, cause I, we kind of talked a little bit about like, like red cameras and stuff like that before like we started, but like, have you ever thought about doing something like that? Like, hey, I'm just going to buy this iPhone and it's going to, I mean, I'll, some, do what I can some with of it. the projects I've, I've worked on have been shot like that. Really? Yeah, because the thing is, is that if you're shooting with an iPhone, people won't shut you down. That's true. If you're out there with a red camera and it's on on a, a stabilizer system and like you have a boom mic out, like it draws a lot of attention. And if right. you're shooting in an area to where like if you're stealing shots, is what we call it, you're stealing shots because you don't have a permit, you don't have like whatever, then like that's when you're starting out right now. If it, hey, if you're like hey, I want to make a movie, but I don't have money to go get a red, I got. Use your iPhone at seven. Shoot some 4K. Right. Go do yeah. it. Go do it now. Then you can edit it in 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 put Adobe Premiere or yeah. you know Final Cut or whatever. Get it out there. Get it out there. Get it seen so you can learn. And you're gonna be bad. <laughs> right. But it's okay to be bad because if you can't stand to be bad, you're not gonna be around long enough make anything good. You're man. That is so true. I well, that. I didn't say that line. I stole that line. So. Well. You acted like you like yeah. made up, so that you're a good actor. Apparently. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> I should go into act. Yeah, you should be an actor. You ever talk about doing that? <laughs> ah, I might just pack up and move. 
Um, but that was good. I like that line. No, like um, they make really awesome lens attachments for them. I've they seen get them. those anamorphic things. Dude, and drones are getting crazy as well. I have a buddy. Um, he was on season one. He's a photographer in Iceland, and he just bought an anamorphic like camera. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's crazy how much more cinematic it looks. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Is it that? Is it four four three? Is that what it puts it in? Or what? Oh, what it puts is it, it some? It's a weird rest of uh, like aspect ratio. Yeah. But man, like he he messaged me. He goes, hey, I got my new camera. Yeah. And he sent me some footage. And it was just him of his son, and he's like, yeah. I, I don't, I, he's like, well, I, I think I put like one color grade on. That's about yeah. it. And dude, yeah. looked gorgeous. That's why I, before I moved here, I messaged my friend that's a director, and I was like, Hey, you still have that anamorphic lens? Because <laughs> I know you don't use it, <laughs> right? And so, and he was like, ah, I'm going to send it back. I'm going to get a different one. He's like, All right, I won't buy it off of you then. But that's why I would shoot some of the stuff for if I was starting out. But I mean. I think now where we're at, I definitely, the projects we're looking at are, you're going to go with a red or an RE. Right, yeah. To um, get, to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, e- even if it's a bare bones crew, um, because that that's the thing you don't realize is like, let's say you're like, okay, well, I can rent a red. It's like, you can't just rent a red. You can, right. but it's like, then you got to rent lights. And not only do you got to rent lights and stuff, you got to hire people that know how to work those. Yeah. You got to hire somebody that knows how to work a red yep. because you cannot do it all. You cannot light a scene and, and yourself direct it yourself, DP it yourself. You can, but it's going to take you like a year. Like it's going to take a long time. To get and stuff costs done. a lot. Cause that's, that's the thing that you gain with shooting with an iPhone is that you can shoot in lower light. Like it's really good in lower light. You, know, you don't have to have lenses. You don't have anybody that works it. And it may not pull focus very well or rack focus really good like one of those cameras or show the color depth. But, you know, for the quality of production that you can afford, it's great. And then it's it great. probably comes back to like, are you a good storyteller? Yeah. And then it doesn't matter what yeah. camera you and, have. And it's also like, it's great for comedies because, you know, like those sitcoms and stuff, like who gives a shit if it's anamorphic? Right. Well, don't like they, 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 they even shoot like what thirty FPS almost? Or yeah, forty five yeah. for cinema uh, for sitcoms. Sitcom, I can't remember if there's any being made anymore. Yeah, rarely. Yeah, um, I think one of the last ones I watched. Gosh, the last one I, I worked on, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Yeah. Which that was kind of crazy because like before I moved, we had watched How I Met Your Mother all. The so time. you worked on How I Met Your yeah, Mother. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. What What'd you do? So I was in the scene where Ralph Macchiato. Um, no, what's the Karate Kid? Yeah, yeah, he was in there, and it's where Barney goes back to that casino, that Asian, like Asian casino. Oh, and he never... plays that weird. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in there. So are you, are you like what party? Oh, was I was just background. So it was like right when I was early on in LA. Oh, okay. So just like learning the ropes, but it was crazy because like that was one of the shows we watched before I became an actor, and right. we talk about it, like, oh yeah, you, I love that show too. Show. And then, like, you get there and talk. The, the reason, like, it's it's relevant is because the cameras that they use are very different. And it, they're also on, like, rolling tripods. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. And the, and the sound booms are on rolling tripods. That's interesting. And it's that. in a freaking box. Like, it looks big. But when you get in, you're like, um, 
claustrophobic. And they shoot with like four cameras. So they shoot like with a camera almost on each actor. Right. That's the main character. So it's claustrophobic. Almost, and almost they like just a roll. news outlet kind yeah, of? Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. But when it's go time, that the actors come in and, and we get our places. And then the cameras are rolling. Like not rolling as in footage rolling, but like they're on rollers. So they just roll them right up to. And it's just like, if there's a fire, God help us. Because... <laughs> They, you are just in there and you have all this four. Like, it's crazy when you have like four, three or four cameras. So they, they don't use zooms. They use prime lenses then. I think so. So probably they're like not 50s. Far off. Yeah. Probably, yeah. They're not far off. They, you're wrong. I don't Nifty, think they have quite Yeah. That's, an, that's so that's interesting. To me. One, okay, so I wanted to do this already. Why don't you, this is your brag time. Like, okay. I want you to kind of just tell people what you've worked in. Because you've worked in like some pretty cool stuff. Like. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I think it's awesome. So I want you to kind of brag about yourself. I mean, the thing that you, if you're going to go to LA and be like, I'm going to LA, the thing not to brag about is being in background, you know, but it's an amazing experience. And it's right. Go work in it because one of the things I learned in background is like, know your lines because you realize how much money is spent like on you just to be in front of that camera to say words like don't show up unprepared so you know your like background you still have lines and stuff that you no say? you don't but you just watch everybody else work you watch like like Den- I've, I've like seen dennis quaid work on set um so i worked on like that show vegas like it came out okay years ago with dennis quaid michael chiklis I'm just talking i did about. some work on bones um, how I Met Your Mother. I did a, a, a day, I think I did two days on How I Met Your Mother. Uh, NCIS, CSI New York. My wife was on Mad Men for a, a long time. Oh, that's for cool. A while. Yeah. And then she was like, John Hinn was talking to me. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, you are not working. You're not allowed to go back there anymore. anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, so funny. I worked on a lot of TV shows. So, but then I realized like what, what the deal was and like, it's great to get a, you work that to get a voucher because to become, going back to the union thing, become eligible to be in the union, um, you need, there are certain requirements you have to met, meet work-wise. Right. So it, it's great to get those vouchers and, and I did it for like nine months, but then you realize like you work background, you're not going to get a speaking role. They're not, it's not, this business is not a business of like, I'm an apprentice. And I start as an intern and I apprentice this person. And then eventually I become the map. They're not going the I've only seen in all the things that I've worn one time, one person get a, a line that wasn't written. And the reason it usually doesn't happen is because let's say you're working background, you're making like a hundred bucks that day. Well, if you have one line, you just automatically make 900 bucks that day. Wow. So like you think they're gonna give you 900 bucks just for one line because they like you or something? Better add gonna... some comedy gold to no, it. No, <laughs> and they're not. And and, they, and they, they will let you know that you will know that. You know that you are not to try to say anything. I'm like, if you try to talk, you, that you're gone. And, and that you, probably just ruins your Yeah, and there's kind of like a system of how you get on those jobs anyways, and you won't be able to work again. Gosh. Yeah. 
and they're not they'll edit it out anyways right yeah so but it's not so rarely rarely and i think the only reason i really saw that is because it was a pilot for a show and the pilot didn't get picked up but like you have a lot more leeway and it, the script's a little bit more in flux they're not really in stride and what's going on so they're they figured out okay i think we need this here and it, it was directed by peter berg oh nice yeah, if you know, the same dude did Battleship that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. But I didn't, didn't know that. I showed up and I'm like, that's Peter Berg. It's interesting watching them work. Yeah. yeah. I think that's cool is that you just get yeah. to experience like all these things. Like, yeah. Um, there's been times where I've been like in the presence of musicians that were ahead of me, like way ahead of me. Yeah. And that's what I would do. I would just sit there and just kind of like, okay. How do I do that? And yeah. I've made myself like super embarrassed. Like one time we were we were recording at the studio. No, no, no. We got through playing a show in Norman. We needed a place to crash. And my buddy was like, hey, why don't you message uh, so-and-so? We'll see if we can crash at the studio. The guy like has worked with like Ben Rector and like I think Need to Breathe. Like I don't know. He's worked with some right. pretty like big guys. And we, we walked in. He showed us the whole studio beautiful like it looked like a mixture of 1970s mixed with like 2000 studio so it was beautiful like nice. he had like the Geek 70s out. chick stuff going on like the like just mm-hmm. it just looked so cool um i was 18 at the time so i was overwhelmed just being able to be in there right and i thought he left and i go chad's a really cool guy like super loud <laughs> and my friend barrett goes yeah, Dalton, he is a cool guy. He like pointed <laughs> to the room next to me and I was oh. like, I'll oh, just shoot myself, please. Yeah, just kill me now. Right. Uh, one second. How are we on time? I'm good. Okay. I'm going to see where we're at because I can always edit this out. We're approaching an hour and 30 minutes. Where? So what we'll do, we'll, um, whenever you're done doing what you got to do, we can wrap it up real quick. I have work tomorrow early in the mornings. I need to get some food. I do want to show you the intro song though when we're done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a very embarrassing <clears throat> time for me, <laughs> for sure. I I'm trying to think if I've had any of those times. I I know I have, but I can't recall them. I mean, most of the time I haven't said something like that, but I've just done some stupid like it's not things i say it's things i'm like i think i look like an idiot doing that or or when i did that and it's probably something like just me being me like just overthinking yeah overthinking it or like Um, well i saw a picture of you um on i think it was ncis you were like a navy seal team yeah yeah dude you you rocked that part like dude. if I would have known better, I'm like, dude, this guy's that a Navy guy. SEAL. That that was a freaking fun day. That um that was a day like uh it was so freaking hot. Because that's like it's supposed to be like that scene was like we were in Iran or not Iran. We were in, in the Middle East. Right. Somewhere. And they shot it up in like Santa Clarita, which is like 30 minutes north of LA. They have like all desert setups there. So it was just like hot as hell. And you know, like you're in full gear. And it's like, it's fine if you're an actual seal. 
because you, you you train that way. You're in this gear all the time, right? Yeah, bro, we were dying. I can imagine. Yeah, we were like, all right, let because they want us like throwing, doing all this stuff, and I was like, before when you sign on, you're like, this is gonna be so much fun. This is gonna be awesome, and then it you almost have a heat stroke. I mean, we <laughs> didn't. It, it was fine because it's a dry heat. But what really sucked is that they had misplaced one of the prop guns. Oh no. And it looks real. Like an, it looks like a real AR. So do you have like real guns in? No, they, okay. you know, they're, dude, I was like, I thought they were gonna be like, yeah, someone got shot that day. Yeah, no. I, I, and I've worked with like, most of the guns you see, unless they're obviously being fired, don't fire, won't fire, shouldn't right. fire. And you don't want that, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but I've worked on set with some that like we were shooting indoors and they were shooting shotgun up at the ceiling. Uh, bread is going off, semi-automatic fire, all in this with 50, 60 people in there. It was like where these people bust in. It was a pilot where these people bust into like a casino. Oh, gosh. And it, and I know like they have half loads. They have like a full blank load and a half blank load for indoor use. Mm-hmm. Dude, it was chaos. It was crazy. It, it shocks you. But these guns didn't fire, but they look like they do. So you can go rob a convenience store with one for sure. And you'd, get, you'd be fine. Gosh. But they misplaced one. So they thought some of the SEAL squad took them. So they kept us for like three hours after we had finished shooting. And we had worked like 12 hours that day. Wow, so, so they were just we're like, like, bring it back. And and what was crazy is like, we it's not like we were accessible to our cars because they park, because when they secure locations and stuff, especially like when they shoot in like a city area, like there's not one area to, it's not convenient enough. There's like, hey, I didn't go get something out of my car, I'll be right back. Well, <laughs> like you, there's no space to park that many people right next to the location you're shooting. What are the odds of that? So usually you have like base camp. Right. So usually you get like a call sheet and they're like, okay, here's the meet point where you're parking your vehicle. A shuttle will pick you up and will transport you to base camp. Base camp, you will get this, you will get that. We will set you up. Bump. Then we will transport you to set. So imagine all that. So we had base camp and then, or we had parking where our cars were and then base camp where they had given us all of our equipment. And then, you know, base camp is as close as you can be to set. And then when you just walk to set. So I was like, that's. Yeah, a lot and, of moving parts. And so. the place we're shooting on is like a, a ranch. Like that's, it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna stash this gun away. Then and then I'm gonna later. have access to this space to come and get it. It, um, it, uh. So it was kind of ridiculous. It's like, dude, none of us put it in our car. We we, we weren't even going to go back to our car. But the I think the problem was is that there's there's like these stunt groups that you know how like some sheriffs around here they're, they they work for the sheriff's department, but they're not really sheriffs. Right. They're yeah. like volunteer or something. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, they're not volunteer, but what all they do is they're hire they're like a company that they are all military gear and they come in on set and they play like if Marines have to like ride on a vehicle or something, that's like, you don't want background person who doesn't know anything about these machines and these tools. 
you know, you're, they're not just gonna put you on there. But these people specialize in these things, they drive the vehicles around. So they're very different and they're a different right, group. Yeah. And a lot of them had their own equipment. So I think that's what it was. They had taken one by accident. They were just like, so they weren't even there. They were gone. And then they were finally just like, okay. Yeah, they were finally, good. after a while, were like, just let us go because they have to pay us. Right. And with background rules, this is where it gets sweet. And this one thing that where unions come in. So when you're working on set, usually if you're under day rate, because, you know, there's, there's a minimum. And anything above minimum is negotiable. But there's like, let's say you do one line, right? There's a minimum day rate. There's a minimum weekly rate for that one line. There's a minimum rate for five lines and under. Right. Okay. And then if you have over five lines, then there's all these like pay rates. Okay. But like if you're a series regular, that pay can be negotiable. It's not like, oh, no, you're locked into, you know, right. 150 grand. Be like you can you get 300 grand. Who knows? Yeah, just depending on like the <clears throat> right. But I, when you're so many different yeah, factories. when you're working on the day rates, the minimum is that when you come on to set, you're paid for eight hours of work. Even if you work four, five, you're getting paid for eight. Oh, it's nice. It's a guaranteed. Um, whether you do anything or not, sometimes some of these shows, like I remember CSI New York, dude, I sat around. I got there at seven or nine thirty a.m. I read until 7 p.m. at night. Wow. And so it, but it scales up. So if you're on set, you're getting paid for eight. As soon as you go over eight hours, you get time and a half. Nice. As soon as you go over 12 hours, you get double time. You oh. hit 14 hours, you're making your daily rate an hour. So they call it golden time. Oh yeah, I'd be like, yeah, keep me on all yeah, night, baby. So that, that's what they did. They kept us all the way up until golden time, which was 14 hours. So that's why they were like, all right, well, it's not worth it. Yeah. We'll just buy another one. We'll get another gun. But they had used like the idea of like, you know, this you cannot have these as a individual. Yeah, I mean, like, it you makes have sense. Rules they look. Yeah, which I was like, I was pissed because I was like, I know I don't have it. And I don't think any of you guys have it. I want to go home. Break your fucking neck if you do. <laughs> um, but that, it's funny because that experience got me a lot of work. That's how I met the director for Thieves. Oh, nice. Was that, not on that, but I had used that work as an example. Because one of the first things I ever worked for him was, that was kind of what they were casting. So even though it's background and it's nothing, like anybody can do background but go do it as an actor and because you never know. Yeah, you'll I use those photos. I use those. I sent my headshot into him and I sent that photo. Boom. That's amazing, dude. That makes you stand out from 1,500 other people that are submitting for the same role. Yeah. We're going up against. Well, like I said, like me looking at it, you look like a freaking Navy SEAL. Like you did like such a good job. Thank you. But I'm not. (laughs) Dude, I, I couldn't even begin to do any type of training that Navy SEALs could do. <laughs> like I can maybe run a mile still. No. You know, I I watched American Sniper and I, I thought like some interesting things of why I think that would be really hard and I probably wouldn't be able to do it is not the running on the sand, not the physical, not the push up, the swimming in cold water that they have to do. Oh yeah. Like 
the swimming once they get past like hell week that they have to do or i think it's during hell week is like swimming a mile with fins but main in like if you do the winter class it's colder water than in the summer obviously but it's sh- shaking your bones i mean you can watch yeah. youtube videos of it but you also have to stay a certain distance from a swim buddy and you have to navigate that's why i think it'd be hard is not the land stuff it's the it's the water oh, yeah. stuff that they I'd specialize be, in i'd be too scared of, of oh, sharks man. there's no yeah. way i could be a navy seal i get in 10 killer lake and i'm like there's a I great can't white see <laughs> five feet i don't know what's under me i right. trust it yeah. yeah no one knows what's in yeah no one, lake. oh no. my gosh Who knows? especially now God. that's crazy because i've like dove in the ocean i'm like a certified scuba diver oh that's cool so i've dove in the ocean and but the visibility is so freaking far yeah you're good that you're good but in tinkular diving would be fine it's swimming i don't know what's i can't see anything that's right sc- scares the hell out of me yeah i don't swim in the lake anymore mm-hmm. river totally fine with totally it. fine can yeah. touch yeah can i can touch. touch and it's moving yeah touch and it's moving <laughs> and yeah. it's somewhat clear well, dude, I think we're gonna wrap it up right there, man. Right, like, man. Well, dude, thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. I'm I'm super excited about this episode. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'll have to come on again. And, you know, we can get in to like the more details about stuff. And it's, honestly, there's, it's, there's just too much in one day. That's what I was thinking. Make like it more specific about. Well, the whole entire time I was sitting here, like, okay, I want to ask this question. But I I was also worried about keeping it like a story. Yeah. Because, you yeah. know, you want to keep everything. Because like I narrative. Yeah, I had so much more questions I wanted to ask. So we definitely need to do like a part two. Yeah, or we'll have to come do, back on. Yeah, come three. back on like in season three. And we can, now that we've sprung up some ideas, like there's some. Oh, some, yeah. Because we can talk more about like, you know, the films that we could make out here, stuff like, you know, yeah, some ideas. That, that's what, my thing. What kinda... interests me about this area? Because there's some Civil War stuff that I want to try to get made oh that'd be dope yeah i'm working on that i don't i'm sure it's going to take a while but um there there's some novels that are written specific to this area that not on anybody's radar oh that'd be that are like it would be great if you're from this area it wouldn't because you know some civil war stuff you watch or even the patriot or something like that right like you're not really from that area so you don't know but this takes place in like the backyard. That'd so you'd be, be like, cool. oh man, that's free, that freaking happened there. It would hit that's like, crazy. Oh, well, it's yeah. like, um, what's that movie? Uh, it's not a Civil War movie at all. It's um, American Honey with uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, like, that yeah, was shot, yeah. That was shot here. Yeah. Um, at the very beginning, like even though. Yeah, I, I freaking sent in for that. Even though it's just like a little bit of snippet, mm-hmm. like it's still like, oh wow, it's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like that's that, crazy. That's, it says Muskogee. Yeah, <laughs> right there. And there's there's other stuff being shot around here, so that's, you know, that's kind of what I want to do. I want to kind of like, I've done stuff in LA. I want to use this area and be because it's it's home and I know it. And not just that, it's like there's a lot of stories to be told here from people. Oh yeah, because that's what the drama is about. Like, what are we freaking trying to do? It's because I I you know going back to what I consider myself mostly. I don't really consider myself a trade. I have my trade that I'm a professional at, but like what defines me is I'm a creative person because the itch to make, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be like, I have an idea for a 3D model. I'm going to create it because it's going to bug me if I don't. Right. Like a piece of music. I, I want to figure out this song because it's going to bug me if I don't. So I think that like as 
an actor telling a great story is like your starting point. Like I just want to be in a great movie that tells a great story and have great characters in it. And I think there's a this area is so ripe and for that. And and so on, you know, they get told every once in a while, but it'll be like 10 years before it comes back. And I just want to bring more back to the area because I grew up here and you know, when you lived away for a while and you come back every once in a while for a holiday or something, you get reminded right. how awesome it is. So it's definitely a fire has been lit. I'm excited. I'm yeah, so excited. Too, well, that does it for season two of Highlight the Creative. We thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And we're so grateful for all the awesome and talented creatives that came on this season. Um, look forward to season three coming up very soon. If you know any creatives or creative people that you think would like to be on a podcast, please have them reach out to us. We would love to hear their stories and possibly have them on. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Dalton, and you have a great day.